0: It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst. Or just head over to Worship Ministry Catalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now
1: it's time for the show. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. Uh, another episode coming your way today, interview.
2: Yes. Uh, before we get there, though, yeah. I have to bring this up. I know you're not going to like this. I We didn't plan this ahead of time. I'm totally surprising, David, with this.
1: Catching me off guard. I thinking, am
2: catching you off guard. I know what you're catching me but off guard with. But I, I got to say, dude, what happened? What happened to your Buckeyes? It was abysmal. In the playoffs. It was awful. Against Clemson.
1: Yeah, it was just pathetic. I mean... What has happened? I can tell you what's happened. This is exactly what has happened. Okay. Is that three years ago our offensive coordinator left and took a head coaching position at Houston. And now that's Tom Herman was, was his name. Now he's got the head coaching position at Texas Houston, you know, was really good this year. You know, they were uh, ranked really high for most of the season. So he was the fire of the offense. Like he was the magic. And ever since he left, we've just been boring, mediocre, I can, and I, I when I'm talking to my brother on text while we're watching the football games, I'm saying, like, I can call the next play. I know what's going to happen. You know what's happening. And if I, this mediocre football watcher who played a little, befo- a little bit of football in high school, can <laughs> tell what's going to happen next, then obviously the defensive coordinator for the other team knows what's going to happen next. Right. So, so um,
2: now Lane Kiffin, isn't he, or wasn't he the offensive coordinator? no. No. No.
1: No, he was. No, that's Alabama. I'm thinking Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, okay, yeah.
2: sorry, I'm way off. But he's not even there at Alabama anymore.
1: Yeah, he's gone to somewhere.
2: But you had yeah. the one guy that was the coach, Lou Fickle, or whatever. Rick Fickle, yeah. Um, uh, is he the offensive coordinator? or No, defensive? he was the
1: defensive coordinator. Okay. He's gone now. To, oh, he's uh, gone. He, that was his last game. Oh man. Which the defense actually played pretty well. They just, you know, when you're trying to stop the team the whole game because your offense has three and outs, you know. Yeah. Every time. Eighty percent of the time. Ouch. Like well, what are you going to do? Ouch. So
2: anyway, sorry, we. I, I'm really hoping, I, I had to bring it up. hoping I'm and
1: praying that they uh, get a new offensive coordinator before. Well, they already have a new quarterbacks coach. Found that out yesterday. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so maybe they're going to make some changes so we're actually competitive and not nationally embarrassed again. There you go.
2: Well, hey, we're not here to talk yeah. just about college football, although uh, football is a uh, a thing that David and I do enjoy and we yeah. like to talk about. Um, And and if you're
1: a Clemson fan, I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. Just go (laughs) in your hole and celebrate by yourself with all your buddies. If they
2: can beat Alabama, wouldn't you rather see Clemson beat Alabama? Oh, yeah, always. So now here's the interesting thing. By the time this episode airs...
1: It'll all be in the past. Yeah. um,
2: Yeah. So we'll know who won. But at the time of recording this, uh, all we know is that Alabama beat Washington, which Washington... You know, I'm not a huge Huskies fan. I'm an Oregon Ducks fan, Mm -hmm. but I am a Northwest fan. So having Washington in the playoffs... Was somewhat exciting. Mm -hmm. I thought up until the third quarter, Washington was holding their own. uh, And then, you know, Alabama kind of blew it open. Right. Um, But they at least scored points. They did. (laughs) No. Anyway, sorry. Um, But we're not here just to talk about college football. We actually have a a great interview um, today. And uh, I I don't want to give any spoiler alerts. Uh, because, uh, shortly after we started recording the episode, I realized who we were talking to. And then I started kind of geeking out a little bit, uh, yeah. during the, uh, during the interview. Uh, so, uh, uh, we'll just say that it's, uh, Ken Stortz and we'll let you kind of experience who he is as the interview goes.
1: Well, we are here with Ken Stortz of Visible Music College and, uh, get an opportunity to not only introduce him to you guys, but for Kevin and I to get to know him a little bit. So, Ken, welcome to the program.
3: It's great to be here, guys.
1: Right off the bat, would you start by just uh, introducing yourself to us and our audience, and uh, tell us a little bit about you as well as Visible Music College?
3: Sure, I'm, uh, you know, Doctor Ken Stortz, and so I now have my big time doctorate, PhD. Whoa, nice.
2: that's Ooh. that's awesome! Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. Can, uh, uh, can I a- can I ask what uh, what was your doctorate in?
3: It was in integration of religion and society wow. at Oxford graduate school. So, hopefully, everything we do that I do and that Visible Music College does uh, impacts society and integrates sort of our Christian worldview into what we do. You know. That's awesome! Every, cool. so, sorry, yeah, we jumped yeah, in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I,
2: I interrupted you. Go <laughs> ahead, uh, Ken. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about yourself, and tell us about Visible Music College.
3: Yeah, so I'm a you know lifelong musician. I did not grow up as a Christian, but I became a Christian during college and um, play guitar. Songwriting was always my thing, and uh, did you know sort of did music college um, in uh, music production and things like that. And uh, did a master's in music theory and composition and. And then my band got signed out of our church. We just three of us guys. Um, we were all leaders in the church and youth and worship. And we got signed to a record deal. We started a band called Skillet, and that went for is still going today. But my role was in the developmental first five years of first three records, and um, just amazing opportunities to minister to folks uh, around the world. But. The, the main thing I got out of it was really just there's a huge need for young people and young bands to have a way to get from that dream of doing music to uh, actually doing it and staying in the church so I, I started Visible Music College in 2000 and we train musicians producers and managers um, in skill and character and we do that every day with a bachelor's degree at the end and that's my life, training musicians, helping artists get going and and the producers and managers that help them, you know wow. we're we're doing training, so I love it.
2: so I mean, that's really awesome. Like so you literally are are helping uh, musicians and uh, you know people that are trying to explore this world of kind of Christian music and the arts, and you're literally training them on how to do that. Is that what I'm hearing?
3: Yes, yes, very practical. But with, you know, the real amount of academic study and, and the degree, but very practical sort of, a, you know, a mix of what you would do at conferences or if you were if you had your own you know, record label helping you. Um, and also the whole lifestyle, the, the, you know, getting in the word and being Christians in whatever style of music you do, whether it's mainstream or Christian or in the church or outside the church.
2: Uh, just on a side note I gotta interrupt here just yeah. kind of uh, geek out a little bit so growing up skillet mm-hmm. I loved skillet right uh their first album uh with the skillet you know on the front yeah, yeah. uh the, the song gasoline was like one of my all-time favorites right yeah. <laughs> like, I just like I remember like listening to that song um gosh how old was I I mean I was I was either in eighth or ninth grade so I mean you know this is a while ago um, yeah, yeah not six and you know I uh man I remember just like hearing that song me like this is so cool like it was so crunchy and so edgy I'm like who are these guys skillet you know and anyway that's that's really fun what uh what role can did you have with uh with skillet uh
3: so I was a guitar player um I played all that crunchy stuff and uh
2: (laughs) crunchy man
3: (laughs) crunchy grungy 96 Yeah. yeah um yeah. So John and I wrote, you know, co-wrote that record together different, different parts of that. And, um, so I, all the guitar parts are me and, um, uh, uh, background vocals and, uh, songwriting. Yeah. And I was also the road manager in Skillet for the first few years, huffing gear and all over the place and running details. So I was sort of the older guy in the group.
2: So, so, Ken, you kind of took some of your experience and some of the knowledge that you gained from being a road manager and working with the details, and now, I mean, you've been able to kind of uh, apply that to uh, the college and some of the stuff that you're teaching, right? Because you're, uh, you're even teaching people, like, how to do that logistical side of stuff, right?
3: Yeah, totally. That's, it really, uh, the, the folks that work at Visible have careers doing music and, and. If they're missing class, it's not because they're, you know, lazy, you know, musicians that can't wake up to teach. It's because they're on tour and they're doing stuff that's real and involving the students in that. So, um, everyday real life of being a musician, it's not easy. And people, uh, we're quick to tell them it's not easy, you know, but here's how to do it. If you want to stay stable in God and have a career and ministry of some kind.
2: Awesome.
1: Well, we understand that you're, uh, you're inspired by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and that's uh, somebody that uh, I'm not, I mean, I know who he is, and you know, my, my, but my father is really inspired by Dietrich and has followed a, the history of him. And there was a movie that just came out not too long ago about him and the role he played. And so um, would you just kind of explain a little bit about how, how, how that, uh, that inspiration plays into what you do?
3: Yeah, uh, I think, you know, I'm I'm often asked why Visible Music College and and Visible is our Christian word. It comes from Bonhoeffer's Cost of Discipleship, where he he, uh, talks about the visible community, the church outside the walls, uh, the four walls of the building. And um, for me, the start of Visible Music College was um, this must impact the world, the things we do. Sure, we have great worship leaders. Sure, we'll train people for the church, uh, sound systems, all that. But it's got to have larger impact. And the thing that impacts the world is for us to have strong community relationship. And that is what drives uh, people into the church and people out of the church uh, reaching folks. So Visible Music College is based on Bonhoeffer's idea. You know, he was a a German theologian in the 40s, you know, uh, in the early part of the 20th century. And uh ultimately was executed for his uh part in a, a plot to assassinate Hitler which was not taken lightly as a christian you know but uh uh-huh. uh he i think he was hung in uh, uh in prison 2 weeks before the allies uh, liberated that area or something uh-huh. like that you know? uh-huh. Uh, decided to he, – he could have gone to England, could have gone to America. He went back into Germany and, and stayed and worked with the underground church and started a school uh, you know, for theologians and Christians to sort of change culture. And so big big, uh, big part of my reading has been uh, Bonhoeffer's just desire for community and how it impacts the world.
2: Mm. Yeah, so can you talk about that idea of uh, having a community – impacting the world. Um, how, how do you feel that Visible Music College is engaging in community? And how do you feel that, that your college and the students from your college are impacting the world?
3: Yeah, I think it's, um, the, the, it starts, you know, it starts at home, uh, at, at the college, the way, you know, you can just throw around the word community, but we really build in discipleship groups and, um, things relationally where, you know, I'm the president of the school but my office is right there with I have student workers with me. I'm I'm teaching class or so we're 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 doing stuff together. We're in prayer groups together. Um, so it's about the building the relational community of the school and then expressing that through serving the city you're in. So we have campuses in Chicago, Dallas and Memphis and uh, in Germany but the 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 Memphis campus uh is the most developed in the one we started at and you know you they'll serve the community around them teaching kids music serving uh the poor working with events uh, the chamber of commerce you know work working with major events doing high quality music working with teaching kids the first note on a guitar you know and and uh, so it's impacting, you know, and of course they're in churches, you know, hundred churches in Memphis have had our kids in them. Uh, I say kids, students um, playing at them. So it's impacting the church culture, but also, you know, the outreach is just a part of a musician's life. I feel like that's how we orient our musicians.
2: Yeah. And it really sounds, can, like this isn't just a place where you come and you, you know, learn a few things. And okay, I'm going to learn how to manage. I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to learn some logistics. I'll learn some music. I'm out of here. I mean, it sounds right. like what you're really trying to do is take this concept of living in the world and the community around you, and actually giving uh, your students the tools to do that. Right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, and the inspiration, really. We're such a segmented, you know, Western or whatever individualistic world, which um, has, you know, some strengths, but the, the weakness is we don't know how to work with each other and reach out to each other. And so if you build that into the system of the school, this is, this is what you need the rest of your life to exist as a musician. You need the local church. You need a mentor. You need to mentor others. It's really the Christian life, but um. If you build that in and you tell students on the front end, hey, if you're going to be a manager or a producer or on the road, you're not just a star out there. You are part of a community or you die. <laughs> I mean, really, uh, and I think it's for all of us. But uh, especially when you're doing itinerant ministry or, or, or mainstream music, you, you have to have each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that sounds like it might be birthed out of. Uh, a little personal experience. I don't know how much you want to delve into that, uh, in our short time together, but maybe, maybe you would like, wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of the backstory behind what, and, uh, your history has driven to that.
3: Yeah. I think that that really informs the school. I, I was, um, you know, like I said, I I didn't grow up as a Christian. So everything was brand new. When I got saved, I was like, Oh, there's Christian music. Oh, there's Christian camps where people go in the summer and be Christians. And (laughs) so it was all unknown. And, and uh, uh, a pastor really saved my life, honestly, at 27. And I, I had been a Christian, I'd been serving on worship teams and writing music. And I was devoted in my mind to the Lord, but I didn't really know how to walk this life uh, as a Christian in the church and had been suspect of the church growing up and all that. Um, And so a lot of us carry that baggage in. And um, he just said, Hey, you know, do you want your life to actually look like what you believe and what you talk about? And I was really offended. And uh, I think that's a lot of us, you know, young guys probably need to be offended by a pastor and just, and then be loved by them and shown here's how you can walk this life together. And it's going to be with accountability and, uh, uh, the best part of community and, um, helping make decisions about life and girls and, you know, and, and just, you know, how how to build life together and watching other couples do life and, and the church be healthy and, So that that's how that's and he helped us start Skillet. So I think he helped all three of us as men and then helped us as musicians, although he doesn't play any instrument. He just managed the band and helped us get started. And that mentorship made all the difference on the road, you know, and and what we were going back to was different than a lot of the bands we met. And, And honestly, I couldn't stay on the road and not help the next generation because there was... There's just so much need out there for you know bands on the road to stay Christians and, and stay pure and all that stuff, you know. So, yeah, definitely out of my out of my experience was that community born.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate, it, Ken. Thank you for just kind of sharing a little bit of that backstory. You know, I um, uh, I I was when I was in college, I was involved in a band. It wasn't anything huge. You know, we were just kind of a small band that that traveled around, led worship and stuff. But yeah. something that was really important for us that I hear you articulating is, you know, for us as a group, we took time, you know, we did devotions together as a group, we prayed together as a group, uh, you know, we ate meals together as a group. And, and I think just kind of sharing in that community was healthy for us. And, you know, sounds like things that were healthy for you. But, you know, I, I imagine that, uh, and again, I don't have a lot of personal experience in this, but I imagine. You know, if you are an artist and you are on the road, it's really easy to get kind of consumed with the work and the stuff and the busyness. And it's like, you know, what you're saying, you got to take time, Uh, you know, having that mentor, having a pastor, having someone shepherd you. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, if we could uh turn a corner here a little bit and kind of and hone in a little on songwriting. Um, yeah. Um, I know a lot of our listeners love songwriting and we've talked about that a bunch of times in the past on the podcast, pretty regular recurring topic for us. But, um, what would, what would, how would you categorize? Maybe that'd be a good question to start with. How would you categorize songwriting in the local church in its current and present state?
3: Well, um, you know, I can, I can kind of just dish in with everybody talking about how, you know, 10 songs get played on K-Love every day, whatever, you know, <laughs> so it, that doesn't really, That that's what's happening out there. I think, I think there's a real opportunity right now, a, a rise in the local church for local songs to be written out of the church. Um, so I, I, I don't despise that the same songs are sung around the world that, you know, Chris Tomlin wrote, eight years ago and had a revelation for, you know, a half hour. And then everybody's singing in, in Nepal. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, that, that's like one side of it. the other side is we're all creative beings. That's what I'm working with is the local church, the local worship guys, the local expression, what God's doing there ought to be coming out as well in songs being written for the church. Um, and, and uh, You know, it's a you could say, hey, we want to recover the arts for the church, modern church. Okay, let's just get one song where everybody, you know, sings it in your church. Hey, everybody loves these three chords. And, you know, I'm pretty open about songwriting. I think people should be songwriting like just all the time. And uh, uh, it's it's funny because we could talk, you know, hours about it, but let's just get people listening to God and expressing what they're reading in scripture and what they're doing in the local church. Let's just, just do it. Whether it makes money or not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think, I think that, you know, last point is actually valid for a lot of our listeners and for us to, to remember who cares if you're going to get famous or make money at it. If that's our motivation for doing any craft or any art, we're in the, for the wrong reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I think that's a point that that we probably need to hear more about. How do we, how do we, check our motivation, get the right motivation, make sure we're we're writing for the right reasons, and and how does that affect uh, the the outcome or the end product of what we're trying to produce as songwriters?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, it's funny to. Everything I say can be formalized into, okay, be authentic, do this, you know, all that. And then eventually you'll just, we as people will just like mechanically do something. You just, you have to, uh, everybody who's successful says they didn't know they were going to be successful in the moment, you know, uh, they just did it because they would do it anyway. And so I feel like we need to work on the things that are bringing life to us and our communities. And, and then, you know, the life in the way of some dollar bills might come. It may never come. Uh, you know, Skillet was three guys. We could have just, we could have played those songs to 10 people and then be like, okay, that was nice. Then we we'll are move on six months later. It just happened to be in the moment. And through doing the things you're called to do, John's still doing this band 20 years later. Uh, is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, because he was,
2: I'm, I'm actually amazed that his voice is still like you know working. <laughs> I mean, because he he's pretty intense in yeah. concert. I mean, it, it's yeah. getting a, it's getting a little raspy, you know. But I'm I'm like he's still got it, man. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, it's amazing. And and uh, you know, I never was a great singer. Uh, I just a get, get by guy. I still play and and um, still write music, and nobody's going to hear it at the level of Skillet, um, but it's. It it is my communication with God. It really is the language that I use to express what God put into me this morning in my Bible study and what I experienced reading, you know, watching the news. Um, That thing that I say out loud in a song and the way I worship, I put it down as if nobody's gonna hear it or everybody's gonna hear it. I really just must create so I keep doing it. And I, I wish people would would do it like that. And then, then after it's there, uh, try it out in community and see if people love what you're doing. See if people, other people are weeping when they hear your song and not just you, uh, you know, and uh, work on the craft, um, you know, work together, see something rise and, uh, and be set. Sa- you can be savvy about the next part. Um, I'm at a conference speaking about that today, just how to build relationships in the industry. But I think you you have to write as if you're writing um, just for you and God and expressing what you have to say because you, you can't you, you can write towards a formula but you know that's not going to bring you life even in the end.
2: You know, uh, on this topic of songwriting, Ken, um, you know, I'm curious. Uh, first of all, I love what you're saying. You know, David and I have talked a lot about this idea that you know God is creative and He has created us in His image. And as a result, we're all creative beings. You know, I'm creative, David's creative, you're creative. And it's just a matter of trying to find what God's kind of gifted you in. And I hear you talking about that, you know, and and I appreciate that. Here's my question, just on songwriting. Uh, What are some of the things that you and, you know, at your school, uh, you know, at the Visible Music College, what are you doing to, to help those who are at your school um, to engage in this kind of form of songwriting, you know to not just be lazy yeah. songwriters, to not just be formulaic mm-hmm. songwriters, how are you helping inspire that uh,
3: yeah it's a it's a mix of having a weekly assignment, so you have uh, you have to keep writing even when you're not happy about it <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, and uh, that is part of the discipline, right? And you have to, um, and, and, you know, forcing some parameters on those assignments and making those more difficult and music you wouldn't have listened to otherwise, and um, making sure you put your music theory you learned into that song and, and forces you to think a little deeper. And uh, and then the studio feedback and building a community of, of collaboration and sort of support that it's not weak. It's more, Hey, this, you know, you're in the studio, you're recording, you're able to hear it back. You're able to flesh out your idea and also flush out some of the just, uh, you know, that song wasn't good. Okay. So, it. okay. It's done. You know, keep one line from that song and move on. Okay. You got, you got one line. Good job. That It's now tomorrow, you know, um, but having that community that supports and, and does tell people the truth, this is okay. I'm not moved by that song, but uh, I see what you're talking about. You might need to work on it some more, or let's let's collaborate a little bit. I think keeping people in that mindset of creating is is good, and it's not all for commerciality. Um, and it's honestly some of some songs I think they're written for that day, and that's it's done. There you go so uh you know freeing people up to trust god completely one of my points in my talk today will be actually trust god (laughs) Uh, he will give you another song he will actually give you uh, another moment if you just uh if you give it to him you you will have opportunities to write and to sing again um so just trust him. And, you know, it sounds too easy, but it, there's that discipline and that community in which you insert that discipline, uh, that is important and safe. It's like safe plus driving a little bit.
2: You know, um, uh, yeah, everything you're saying just right on. I think, um, and, we're, um, we're almost out of time. You uh, got one more question, but just real quick, I just had this yeah. great idea. Um, you know, you're speaking, uh, uh, for those listening, you guys got to know, Ken is awesome. He, uh, he's just about ready to go speak at this conference, and he gave up some time right before uh, his conference so that uh, he can be on the show. So thank you for that, Ken. But my thought is for your conference, what you need to do as you're walking out, you need to have some hype music. And so I think you need to have that gasoline song playing, and then you got to <laughs> well, have like your posse of people coming out with you, you know, like like yep, in boxing yep. or wrestling or whatever that is. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, anyway, yeah. sorry, fi- final question here for you. Um, man, you're talking about this college, and it's inspiring me. I mean, honestly, I'm a musician. Um, you know, I, I went to a Bible college where I learned, you know, music and worship, and it was great. But I'm no. hearing about your college. I'm like, man, that's that's the kind of place that I, I would have loved to go to as a young 18, 19-year-old musician trying to figure out life. You mentioned you got campuses in Memphis. And Chicago. Um, wh- where else was it? One more, Dallas. Uh, Dallas. and Germany. Dallas and yeah, Germany. Yeah. Now, okay. What if, you know, so David and I, we're here on the West Coast. We're here in the Portland area. What if, you know, I, I'm not ready to, you know, move to Memphis or Dallas or um, uh, Germany or Germany yeah. or Chicago. <laughs> Is there a way for me to still be engaged uh, with Visible Music College yeah. and the things that you guys are doing? Yeah.
3: Our our whole mission really was to not get above 120 students in any location. So we started planting these smaller ones out. Um, and the way we, so, you know, there may be a campus that's closer to you eventually. I I think, I think right now the way we're meeting folks is we do a one week, um, visible music week. Um, and you can go to our website, visible.edu and, hopefully find that through there somehow Um, visible music week slash visible music week, I guess. Um, But it's, it's taking that thing we're talking about and doing that in a one week seminar where you can come to camp. uh, But it's much more than a camp. It's like serious music and recording and uh, performing in a band and and doing worship music or switch foot or whatever, you know, kind of music you're doing that week and, and learning the parts, being instructed, being encouraged in your faith and, you know, having that experience of being in a band, you know, and really it's available in a church near you. Any, any church can host that pretty easily. So um, that's probably the way to do that. Stay, stay in touch with Visible Music Week schedule.
2: That's cool. So, so as a church, you know, so I have a church out here in Vancouver, Washington, Laurelwood Baptist. We're not a huge church, but I could contact, you know, so as a, as a worship leader at the church, I could contact you guys and say, Hey, we're interested in having a, a Visible Music Week here uh, in Vancouver and then we can figure out the details and then how many people typically come uh, to those things you keep it smaller is it limited
3: yeah it's limited to 28 people that's really four bands and the producers that work with them Um, we we you know we're friendly with other big camps that are kind of hype oriented and stuff but we're we're really more let's get down to business and learn how to be bands together Um, if we You know, it's free to the church to do. It just it it costs the participants, you know, four hundred for the whole week. Um, but if you get twelve people, we're there. You know, so it's really fairly simple between twelve and twenty eight students doing uh, you know, real band training with real people who have been on tour and are riding regularly. So
2: that's awesome. Man I I, I want to go back to my college days. You know, I, know. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm ready to be back in the band, man. I wanna I wanna hang, yeah. I wanna hang with the cool crunchy guitar player. <laughs>
3: oh, that's right. Um, yeah, th- me too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, this guy, this guy's a great
1: a great musician, great performer uh, yeah. that uh, a lot a lot of the world missed out on, but I got to I got to witness it firsthand. Yeah, all those years in college. David and, uh, was
2: there. He he saw me on stage. Yeah, it was yeah. great. I loved it. It was awesome, good. man. Great stuff. Oh, uh, well, Hey, thank
1: you for your time. Yeah. Do you have any final words of encouragement before we sign off today?
3: Well, I think you know what we're talking about here is is way bigger than Visible Music College, but we have sort of struck a little a little special thing there. And people, I do hear from people in their 30s uh, and parents and different folks all the time. Like, man, I wish this thing had been here when I was here. Well, it is here. And there's a lot of, we, you know, we, because we're small, because we're not, you know, uh, you know, putting out movies or records every week, there's a, there's a, maybe a lack of understanding that you can pretty easily get to Visible. And uh, I'm happy for people to contact me at Ken at Visible.edu or, or, you know, just look at the website, Visible.edu. But, um, you know, it costs money to go to college, but to, but to put that whole thing together the spiritual life the professional training and getting a degree um there we've sort of hit a a sweet spot i feel like and and i I do want people to know about it and we're pretty easy to get to reach and we're 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 like awesome to be with i'm I'm, I'm not i'm not not saying that because it's it's me it's just it is good to have a community around you and it's it's a thing so I, i love doing what i'm doing and love to have people come along
1: well, Ken, thank you so much for your time today. And also, uh, we wish you well in your conference as you head off to speak at another group of people. Just anxious to hear what you have to say.
2: Yeah, so. Dr. Ken. Do- Dr. Ken. Dr. Ken. There yeah. you go.
3: <laughs> Ken. It's so great to spend time with you guys, man. Good to meet you. Yeah, yeah Nice
2: to meet you, very too. Very good. Thank you for your time, Ken.
3: Okay. See you. Bye-bye.
1: Well, there you have it cool stuff yeah this is a really good interview
2: I uh I think it's really cool you know um we uh little insider uh info here we ended up starting the episode a little bit later and you know he has this conference that he's speaking at and he was just like yeah yeah no problem you know I mean for me I'd be like dude you know and it, it was our fault that we started a little bit later we were having you know some issues with some of the cords and cables and blah blah mm-hmm. blah and you know I, I'd be like all right, man, well, you know, uh, we'll, we'll only... You get 10 minutes. That's you get 10 it. minutes or, you know, let's you just do it. it. <laughs> yeah, let's just do it some other time. But he was, you know, he was like totally in and, and he was like, yeah, 30 minutes should be great yeah. and that will cool be awesome. Guy. Yeah, really cool. And, you know, like I said, kind of geeking out a little bit, I'm like, dude, I grew up listening to you. I mm-hmm. mean, all the skilled albums, you know, and I remember, you know, so they had their first two albums, uh, you know, that was, you know, pretty crunchy guitar stuff and then they kind of went experimental they had that hey you i love your soul which was a little bit more synth based, mm-hmm. and now they kind of went to the electronic thing mm-hmm. um so they had this whole like like electro season where they're just doing uh lots of music and I, I think uh john cooper's wife actually joined in on keyboards uh cory uh, i think was her name
1: they were ahead of the time because you know that's Dude, a big deal now. Yeah, yeah, like, like the normal. the electro scene. Yeah.
2: yeah, and so they were all in it. But then, then they uh, what was it? Two. The, there's the Alien album, um, and then there was um, oh, what was their big one where they kind of like crossed over a little bit. Um, and th- this was like their seventh or eighth album. But then they kind of went back to more of the the you know the the crunchy rock sound, kind of did more radio type type mm-hmm. hits, and it was more of a crossover album, uh, which which I actually like. Um, but you know, I grew up listening to Skillet, so big fan of them. Mm-hmm. Having Ken Swords on here was really fun.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, Visible Music College. I love the idea of oh, behind man. what they're doing, and like, right? you would say, I would have loved to have gone there. As yeah, a-
2: <laughs> I know. You and I went to Multnomah, uh, which, <laughs> FYI, great school. Yeah. Okay. I I, I don't want to hate on Multnomah Bible College uh, or Multnomah University. Yeah. Because uh, you know, it was a great school. I mean, I met my wife there, mm-hmm. so uh that that's worth this waiting. Right, um right. <laughs> but, you know, for an aspiring musician, you know, I'm a young eighteen year old, nineteen year old, you know, I, I love I love being on stage, you know, I love rocking, I love, rockin', love jamming. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like this is the kind of school that would have been great, uh, you know. Right. Um
1: Well I I remember when I came to Multnomah and I met <laughs> Brian Cheney. Yeah. And uh and Sherry Stafford, Stafford right? And and they were kind of, you know, interviewing me essentially and asking me a bunch of questions, you know, because I came from Indiana Wesleyan, which had an actual school of music. as <laughs> Like it's actually like, a legit yeah, school, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: like, my my school major music.
1: was music theory and composition, right? You know, so like right. I had a ton of music school. Because uh, I was a, I was a, going to be a senior when I transferred out here. And they were asking me all these questions like, why did you come here? Why are you at Multnomah? And Brian would say, you know, if it's Bible you want, you want Multnomah. But if it's music you want, you got to go somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> what are
2: you doing at Multnomah? Yeah,
1: and he would recommend like Mount Hood Community College or something like that. That's awesome.
2: Uh, He's all like, go to the community college down the
1: road. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, I would have loved to go into a, to a place like Visible Music College back in the day. but uh, Totally. Uh, you have that opportunity now, as our listeners. Yeah. You can you can go uh, check it out. They've got the three campuses, and uh, maybe even our international listeners in Germany. You Germany. go go uh, check out their well, campus and the in Germany. The whole thing he and... was
2: saying, like you got the little uh, one week, you know, those one week events mm-hmm. that they do. Um, you know, and they're kind of all over, and your church can even host one. And you know, I was thinking, you know, I'm like, I got at least three guys in my youth group, uh, in the youth group at our church right now. And plus another one or two on my worship team that I think would really consider Mm -hmm. doing something like this. Right. Um, I'm like, so that's five, you know. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, if I can get a few more, it'd be really fun to, you know, even
1: partnering with other churches in town, you know, because like, uh, you know, we've got a good band, and you know, they could really benefit, I'm sure, from just playing, learning how to play as a band. Totally. And, uh, you know, how many, maybe there's two or three other churches you could get to that 20, 25 number, or whatever they're looking for. Well, and that's
2: the thing. Even if you've been playing on worship team for a while, even if you're a good musician, um, and, you know, there's some there's some great musicians at my church, uh, churches around us. You know, there's some really big churches uh, near, you know, Laurelwood uh, that have some phenomenal quality musicians. Uh, but there's something about, you know, doing an intensive, uh, intentional training uh, where you're spending a week, you know, with uh, Visible Music College, mm-hmm. and you know, like the the producers and the artists and the actual, you know, people that know what they're doing. Right.
1: So, if you want more information about that, you can go to visible.edu slash Visible Music Week. Um, one of the things we didn't even get to on the podcast was the uh, Visible Verses. Oh. Um, which is uh, a part of the partnership with Garden City and U uh, Version, and kind of coming up with Visible Verses. Visible Verses for the Uversion app and Ephesians and so on. And so there's another whole story there uh, that we didn't get into, but just a great conversation with Visible Music and Dr. Ken Stortz. And we uh, thank you for your time, Ken, on the podcast today. And hopefully you, our listeners, uh, will really benefit from it and maybe make contact if you're willing to uh, get to be a part of that sometime in the future but that's all the time we have for this episode so uh, you can find us online worshipministrycatalyst.com facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst and twitter.com slash wm catalyst, or you can send an email
2: kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com
1: and uh, we love it if you leave a a review for us on iTunes and please if you will spread the word uh, tell your friends family neighbors co-workers people down the street that you don't even know while you're sitting at a stoplight you know just roll down your window crank up the podcast and say you should listen to this you gotta podcast. listen to
0: it. It's great. Yeah,
1: and uh, but uh, help spread the word and uh, let people know that we're not only doing not only one of the longest running pod worship ministry podcasts on the planet, but we've kind of you know really taken a step up and uh, and uh, broadening our audience for not just worship leaders and worship team members, but creatives and yeah. humans alike. So humans,
2: if you're a human, then this podcast is for you. That's right. That should be our new tagline. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But uh, that's all the time we have for this episode. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Twitter.com slash WMCatalyst.
0: Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst.